Dwight Collins, alcoholic. Hey. Uh, my sobriety birthday is October the 30th of 2005, and I'll forever be grateful and indebted to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, and God is our understanding for that. Uh, thanks for the introduction, Amy. Uh, the no teeth is a joke. Uh, I showed up to Alcoholics Anonymous with six teeth in my mouth. And uh, if you're newly sober, you're missing a few teeth. Just hang around about two and a half years. And then we're back. Uh, me and Tony are still trying to figure out when the hair is going to come back in. Uh, we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a home group as a vision for you as well, uh, but mine is located in Nashville, North Carolina. We are a big book study group. Uh, we meet from 7 to 8 p.m. on Tuesday nights. Uh, so if you're ever in eastern North Carolina, around Nashville, come check us out. Um, I have a sponsor that has a sponsor, and I've had the privilege of being a sponsor. Uh, I guess that's all the formalities I need to get out of the way. Uh, first off, I want to thank the committee uh, for asking me to do this. It's uh, it's real cool when you're sitting out there and you see the speaker up here and you're like, man, I wish they'd ever asked me to do that. And then they do and you're like, man, I wish they'd have never asked me to do that. Because uh, I'm really nervous. Because uh, what I'm supposed to talk on today is spiritual principles everywhere and uh, at times I'm a poor example of that um, so I kind of called Jerry and I was like man so how's this supposed to play out you know what do you want me to do and uh, he's man just tell your story uh, of you know what you was like before you practiced spiritual principles what happened and what it's like now practicing spiritual principles um, and I'm going to try to do that the best of my ability. I'm extremely nervous. Um, when we first got here, Chuck was looking around. I was like, man, it's a light crowd this year. Then all y'all started trickling in, and it ain't a light crowd anymore. Um, but appreciate y'all coming out. I really enjoy this conference. I, I love, you know, what it's about. And, uh, you know, just coming together and, and fellowship and, and, and just keeping Alcoholics Anonymous what it is. A uh, simple program that's a way of life to help people like me and you learn how to live successfully. Um, so I have no idea how I'm going to start this. Um, I was talking to Amanda after she got done with hers, and you know she's got all these notes and research and papers, and you know she did all this reading, and I was like, yeah, that ain't my style. Uh, <laughs> I'd have much rather been able to do that because it's easy to get up here and talk you know, about Dwight and, and just tell my story, you know, what I used to do, to, what happened and, and what AA's done in my life. That's easy. I mean, that's, you start with the truth and you end with the truth. Uh, when you get a topic, it, it, it throws a little monkey wrench in there because you've got to make sure you talk about that. And we've all been to conventions and we've seen people get behind a podium and they're supposed to talk on the topic. And what they do is they get up there and they tell their story and, and they never talk on the topic. And it's like, man, I mean, did you miss the memo? Uh, and I don't want to be that guy. Um, I want to get up here and I do want to talk about spiritual principles. But likewise, I got to qualify to be behind this podium. Um, 
it's, it's, this is really, I've never spoken with a mic right here. So it's kind of moving around. It's like I got a bobblehead hooked to my ear, man. This is terrible. Um, but hopefully this is getting all the nervousness out of the way. And like Dixon told me a while ago, man, God's going to take over. And we're going we gonna to get through the next few minutes. And y'all stomach won't growl too much. And we go get something to eat. And I can get out of this uh, outfit, put some clothes on, and, and come back and hang out. Um, so my drinking career is, it progressed really early. Uh, I was introduced into this world with two loving parents that tried to instill these principles in me at a very young age. Um, I would get dropped off at my granny's house as a kid, and all the cousins would be there, and my first introduction to alcohol was not a liquor cabinet. Uh, it was not at a friend's house. It was, if you got sick, granny didn't run down to CVS and get children Tylenol. Granny went in her bedroom, she got some bourbon, she heated up some tea and some sugar and some lemons, she mixed it together, she called that Granny's Tonic. <laughs> to this day, I don't know if Granny's Tonic will cure the common cold, but it'll make a six-year-old kid forget he's got one. <laughs> and uh, that was my introduction to, to alcohol. And I remember at a very young age, me and my cousin Sean would act like we was coughing. <laughs> to get some of Granny's honey. I didn't turn into a daily drinker at the age of six. It happened a few years down the road. And, uh, you know, we got a friend this dear to me that's here today, and he decides, describes his first beer as crisp, cool, and refreshing. That was not my experience. Uh, my first beer was a faded Miller Highlight. The label had done turned white where it had been left out in the sun. And I was nine years old, and I drank it on the rocks. And um, then the first time that I got intoxicated, I was 12. And I went to a party uh, with my brother's best friend. And he asked me to go, and I said, sure. And he told me that they was going to be some alcohol there, it's gonna be a keg of beer, it's gonna be some girls, basically don't make him look like a fool. And uh, so I proceeded to go over there and I had a couple of beers and that's when the magic of alcohol happened for me. Uh, Cause up to that point, I just felt like I didn't fit in. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I just felt like I just wasn't that person. And, and, and I drank and I guess that was the, first spiritual experience I had with alcoholics. That's what it did. It changed the course of my life after that. And I began to live my life to try to drink every opportunity I got. Um, so we have some spiritual principles in this program. And Jerry, I do got a couple notes. I got two. Um, it went against everything I had to do this. Um, so I'm not a big note guy. I'm one of those fellows that think if you're behind the podium, God needs to be the one talking, not me. Um, but I couldn't remember all 12 spiritual principles. <laughs> so I had to screenshot that so I know what they are. So if you're not familiar with the 12 spiritual principles of Alcoholics Anonymous, here they are. It's acceptance, hope, faith, courage, honesty, patience, humility, willingness, brotherly love, integrity, self-discipline, and service. That's the 12 principles of the steps. So the 
principles I used to live by was denial, hopeless, faithless, fearful, liar, the opposite of patient to the most degree. I, you know, I got to, it's now, 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 now. Humility, the opposite of that is I was so full of ego and conceit. It's, it's unreal. Willingness, I was absolutely unwilling to listen or do anything other than what I wanted to. Uh, selfishness, instead of brotherly love. Why, why, why do I need to care what you're doing? I'm focused on me. Integrity is supposed to be you say who you say you are or do and be who you say you are. I was a manipulator. I would tell you whatever I needed to tell you to make you believe anything it was for me to get what I needed to get at that moment. I did not care what it took. Self-discipline. Not at all. Uh, and still struggle with that one. In uh, service. Uh, the only thing that I was serving was myself. Um, so when I got here, um, I was introduced to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous at 17. I had a judge that uh, realized I was an alcoholic long before I did. Um, and I was sentenced to Alcoholics Anonymous. And <laughs> I walk into this room and uh, it, was at, it was at the fellowship hall of the church in my hometown, and I walk in and I see a bunch of old white guys smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee, complaining. And uh, I thought to myself, if I get their age and I can't have fun drinking, I'm gonna be in here complaining too. And uh, after I got sober, I find out they weren't in there complaining. What they was in there doing was talking about the solution to alcoholism. I just wasn't ready to hear it then. And um, at the young age of 17, I ended up in prison. Um, did my prison stint and uh, got out back in. And um, I don't know, I, mean, I guess the lifestyle that I lived was just 100% based on fear. Um, I was so, I was scared of being a success. I was scared of failing. I was scared of you liking me. I was scared of you not liking me. And I would just eat up with all this crap. And I lived like that for 14 years. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with all the fun stories and, you know, the stuff that's going to make you go ha-ha and all that. Um, but I ended up in 2004 uh, is, is when my journey here began. In 04 to in December of 04 to June of 05, I lost my dad, my father-in-law, and my first wife. And anything that was barely keeping me above water went out that day. So I started living 100% for self. And what that looked like, man, is I weighed 230 pounds June of 05, I mean 04. In November of 05, when I processed into the penitentiary, I weighed 156 pounds. Um, yeah, that's what I see, that's bad. Um, but the best idea that I can come up with in 2005 was send me to prison. 
That's what I told my lawyer. And if any of y'all want him, if you ever tell him to send you to prison, they will. And, uh, so I got in prison, man, and um, I got sentenced to a, a, a treatment center in there. And the reason I'm going to talk about this for a little bit, it's right here is where I was first introduced to spiritual principles. Sounds crazy, don't it? I just got processed into prison. This is the first place I got introduced to spiritual principles. So I, get, I go to this program, and I get through this program, and they send me to this camp down here in Goldsboro, and it was Wayne. And uh, I done heard about it where all the snitches was. And uh, they weren't snitches. What they was, they was peer counselors, and they was guys that was in recovery, and they was trying to do the thing, but they was snitches. <laughs> but they was dry snitches. They'd tell on you in front of them. You know what I mean? So they didn't care. They, they cared more about what people thought, and they cared more about people like me not coming back places like that. And um, remember it vivid, it was a Wednesday night. I remember what they told me in this treatment, go to AA, get a sponsor. So I'm laying in my bunk and I'm like dreaming about a 12 pack of natural light, you know, on Friday when I get out of here. And uh, they call AA and I go to it. And I walk in and everybody's smiling. And um, I tried to get real spiritual on the way down here and listen to a couple CDs talking about spiritual principles. And that did not work because I'm not self-disciplined. And I uh, had a couple phone calls, and that just went out, you know. And So I looked in here, man, and then I seen what I didn't think I was supposed to see. Uh, I'm in the penitentiary where nothing that I, my past experience has been spirit of nature at all. And I walk in this AA meeting, and I see these guys that do not have release dates, and I see them smiling. And they welcome me in, and they or inviting, and they say, get a cup of coffee, sit down, and, and we have this meeting, and at the end of this meeting, man, the gentleman said, if you need a sponsor, see me afterwards. So I walk up to him, and I said, hey, man, I need a sponsor. And um, he calls this big red-headed dude over, and um, if anybody's ever been locked up, we, we, we look at you, and we wonder what you locked up for. Uh, you didn't have to wonder with this guy. You knew it was something extremely bad, and, uh, very questionable, and uh, he stuck his hand out, and he had some things going on, and we, he tried to sponsor me for about a week, and I went back to, back to that gentleman. I said, I need another sponsor, man. It ain't working out. So he got me another red-headed dude, but he was a little bitty fella, and uh, I thought if it went sideways, I could handle him. <laughs> so what he did is he said, uh, meet me in this section right here. And we'll talk about it. And uh, he told me to tell, tell me his, told me to tell him my story, and I did. And uh, when I got done, I told him he told me his. And that's when the magic of AA worked. I knew that he knew what it felt like at three o'clock in the morning to want to kill yourself, but not have the courage to pull the trigger. And uh, so I started working with him, and then he got honor grade and moved to another camp, and I went back to that same gentleman, and I said, hey, man, will you take me on as a sponsor? And this is when spiritual principles really started to come alive for me. This is a man that's been locked up since I was three years old. He had absolutely no reason on this earth to help me when I'm getting out in a couple years. And he took time out of his day every day come spend time with me and take me through the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, I remember one time I went up to him and I'm 
stressed out, worrying, you know, and he's like, man, what are you worrying about? I was like, well, this is going on, that's going on. He's like, what can you do about it? I was like, well, nothing. I was like, but I'm still worried about it. He's like, man, he's like, you're here. You can't do nothing out there. And I was like, man, I don't know. You know, it wasn't making a lot of sense to me. So the next day he come up to me and he said, how's it going? I said, stressed out, man, worried. And uh, he said, praying about it. I said, yeah. He said, so that keeps coming back. He said, pray again. I said, pray again. I said, man, if that's the case, I'm going to be praying all day. He said, then you won't be worried. <laughs> I said, touche. And uh, this is when I seen the spiritual principle, brotherly love. So the next day, now that sounds good in theory. It really does. Uh, but I'm smart, and I still like to do stuff on my own. And uh, so the next day, he comes and he talks to me, and he's like, man, I'm, like, I'm still stressed out worrying about it. He said, I'll tell you what you do, Dwight. He said, you keep praying about it today. He said, when you wake up in the morning and you're praying about it, he said, if you're still worried, he said, you come tell me and I'll worry about it for you. Mm, we meet. You know, that's something I've never seen. Um, my parents loved me to death, and, and I've never seen nothing experienced like that. Um, so I started journeying through Alcoholics Anonymous with this man, and... Uh, that CD, I did listen to just a hint of it. And what he said was he got to take a message into a penitentiary. And he said he got to see gentlemen inside the walls of the penitentiary more free than anybody on the street he'd ever seen. And that resonated with me because I got to experience that. I got to watch guys practice principles when absolutely should not be. Um, so we, we would... Uh, Meet once a week, go through the book. Uh, I did the tradition meet and all that too. And uh, I remember sort of going through the steps of AA. And we had a beginner's meet. And, and we do a beginner's meet on Saturday night. And it was on step one, step two, step three, and sponsorship. And uh, I forget what we'd do on the fifth Sunday, if it ever was one. But it was on the first step. I used to always say, and the principle behind that is acceptance. Well, I used to always say, well, step one was extremely easy for me. I admitted I was an alcoholic. When I was 17, when that judge sentenced me to AA, I admitted I was an alcoholic. And that's true. I admitted, an alco I, admitted I was an alcoholic way before I accepted the fact that I was. And it was sitting in that meeting for three months when I finally realized that. I was like, man, it took me 14 years to accept and I'm an alcoholic. So that was just profound for me. And uh, we, we started, you know, doing these things. And, like, I can sit here and I can go down and I can say this spiritual principle is this. And I want to walk over here and, and talk to everybody. This makes me feel like I'm a salesman or something. <laughs> um, but the way I've seen spiritual principles... I've seen people do things that didn't make sense to me. I was listening to a speaker one time, and uh, he's from Virginia, and uh, he said, if I can explain spiritual principles, the best way I can explain them is I'm not the same person today as I was the day I came into Alcoholics Anonymous. And that's true. So when you're in a penitentiary, uh, 
there ain't a whole lot of people practicing spiritual principles. <laughs> uh, so, like, just small things. Like, I remember standing in canteen line one day and two dudes cut in front of us. Full blast. Hey, man, what you doing? You know what I mean? The car was right there. He's like, what are you going to do? I was like, man, I ain't, you know, it's GP, you know, general principle. You mean? Nah. And, uh, because I'm, I'm still in that mentality, you know, that's somebody getting up on me. And, you know, they think I'm a punk. And, uh, he just laughed at it. He's like, man, we're going to have to wait three more minutes. You know, that, that, that's the, the, the stuff I got to see. I remember one night, it was at beginner's meeting. And it's, it's changed what Alcoholics Anonymous was for me. And uh, I don't know if it's a spiritual principle or not, but it made me change the way that I looked at AA. Um, it's probably a bunch of spiritual principles wrapped up in one. Uh, I'm an avid race fan. Um, I used to absolutely love NASCAR. And, you know, when I first got in, I, I'd just go to meetings and do what I'm supposed to. I'd catch a race later, but one race I, I really want to watch is the Bristol night race. And it so happens on a Saturday night. So I don't go to this meeting. So the next day, Carter sees me on the yard. He comes up to me, shakes my hand. He's like, Carter Downs. I was like, all right, how you doing, man? What's up? He's like, where was you last night? I was like, dude, I was watching a race. He's like, yeah. He's like, man, we had a meeting last night. And I'm a part of a home group. It's my obligation to be there for it. And uh, I was like, well, man, I done heard what everybody else is going to say, man. I've been listening to him for five months, you know what I mean? And uh, he said, well, how does it feel? I said, how does what feel? He said, how does it feel to kill somebody? I said, huh, let's watch the race. What you talking about? He said, but white, what you had to say last night had the power to save somebody's life. And you weren't there to do it. So I don't know what spiritual principle that is, but it changed the way that I looked at AA. And it changed the way that I looked at home group, and it changed the way that I did what I was doing. Um, so I, I, I continued this journey, you know, through prison, and you know, it's struggles, man, and it, it's it's back and forth, and I'm trying to be a good dude, and still being Dwight, and I'm back on focus, and then I'm Mr. AA for nine months, and, you know, because I want you to think that I'm the most spiritual guy in the world. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can, AA, and then I, I get out of, out of the penitentiary, man, and I wind up in a halfway house in Wilson. And, like, I hit the ground running, and, you know, all this stuff that the program of Alcoholics Anonymous talks about with these principles, man, I started to put in place. Um, and, and I just did the next right thing. And, and I kind of did, you know, we had a conversation the other day, it's just like, keep it simple. Keep it simple. And that's what I did, is I just did the next right thing. And it don't matter what's going on in my life, as long as I just do the next right thing, I'm practicing spiritual principles. Now that sounds great, uh, saying it. Doing it's a whole other thing. And, you know, life happened quick for me, you know, when I got out and, and started doing AA. And, you know, I had some friends that we was running to all these conferences volunteering at the prison, you know, every Wednesday and, you know, just doing the deal. And, you know, started a business. I got a kid. Then me and her got married. And, like, <laughs> like we did everything backwards. 
but, but all that stuff happened and you know it's easy for me to show up on home group on Tuesday night and be a spiritual guru it's absolutely easy I know I've been to enough meetings I can sit here and woo anybody sitting in this room that acts like I know what I'm talking about that I will sound like I never make a mistake I'm the most spiritual guy you've ever seen that guy's man the white He's awesome, you know, because I'm a manipulator. So that's one of those non-spiritual principles that I was real good at. So it's real easy to show up on Tuesday night, shake hands and smile and life's great. Um, What's hard is exactly what this says. Spiritual principles everywhere. So I'm going to tell you a real funny story real quick, man. So I was asked to speak at a group and uh, I had a sponsee. Went and picked him up, got my little suit on, got my beat up big book, so y'all think I'm in it all the time. <laughs> I'm actually on the way to Jerry's group uh, to talk on the panel. And uh, stopped at a stoplight, and this guy is in a lift truck, and another dude in straight start cussing me out, man. Spiritual principle was not there. Uh, Full suit and everything, I step out this truck. Mind you, I got a spot seat in the truck. And I'm like, what you gonna do, man? And uh, and I'm like, man, what are you doing? I was like, hey, man, I own a business too, man. Y'all out here, you need to have some caution lights on and some cones. You know what I mean? I try to clean it up real quick. But uh, the dude that was up in the bucket, he was real mouthy. And I was like, man. And I just, I could not believe what I did, man. I'm, I'm supposed to be an example to this guy sitting in the seat with me that is a newcomer. Here I am, I'm ready to go toe-to-toe with the dude in the truck, put the bucket down, grab the dude out of the bucket, you know, and then put my suit back on to go to the meeting and be spiritual. Um, so, I mean, that's why I say, man, spiritual principles are good in theory. Putting them in action is hard. You know, our literature tells us that we must conform to these principles or we die. That's paraphrasing, maybe, I don't know if it's right or not, but that's pretty close to it. And it's true. And, and it's easy to do it in AA. Where it's hard is at home. That's the hardest place it is to practice spiritual principles. Uh, I got a lovely wife. Uh, that is at home right now. My, I'm, my, my life is phenomenal. And, and I get in my head and think it's terrible. But my life's phenomenal. I got a loving wife at home that is getting my 13-year-old son ready for his winter formal um, while taking care of our three-month-old baby. <laughs> so sobriety is full of all kinds of surprises. Um, <laughs> Let me know. You get your teeth back, babies when you don't think you're going to get them. I mean, it's all kinds of stuff. But she's she, she's a member of the fellowship as well. Many of y'all know her. She actually, I believe, spoke at the first one we did here, um, or the second one that y'all had going on. And um, she's never tried to sponsor me. She's never come at me and said, what are you, you, you meeting with Chuck today or you need to go call Chuck. She's never done that. Uh, and, and I thank her for that. 
but she will call me on my crap, dude. And she's watched me be patient, tolerant, and loving towards many people that I shouldn't be patient, tolerant, and loving towards. And she's like, you have so much patience with everybody else and you lose it at home. And that's a hard truth. You know, I could get up here and half of y'all know me and half of y'all don't. I could paint y'all a picture. But that ain't the truth. You know, the truth is, is I struggle practicing these principles because I'm still egotistical. I'm still full of pride. And I still want my way. Period. That's what it is. And uh, today I'm lucky I got a wife that lets me know that. Like, the wife, chill, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> She may have told me to call Chuck once or twice. <laughs> you know, but I, I've been able to. So, so we, I made the statement that I, that you know, we own our own business, and a lot of the times, I, I try to help us. You know, I, I'm a halfway house that I came to, and a lot of guys come through there, and um, you know, I got these three dudes that's been with me on and off since they were 17, and I've tried everything <laughs> in my power except for just absolutely beat them with the big book uh, to try to get them to do what they need to do. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's easy, but that's my job. My job is to get up in the morning, not just suit up for AA, but I gotta suit up for life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's me getting up, that's me praying to God, it's me getting centered, and it's me going out and being the best example, like that example was given to me, of these principles. Um, and, man, I feel miserable at it. Uh, most of the days, you wouldn't know I had a program in my life. Uh, it's because I don't keep it simple. I don't do the basics that I should a lot of the times. You know, I, when I was asked to give a talk on spiritual principles, I really, the first thing that went through my head is I'm probably the most inadequate person there is to give a talk on spiritual principles. And uh, I know how to mess them up, you know. Uh, I know how to practice them. Um, but I'm selfish. I'm, I'm full of pride. I'm the guy that wants to do it all himself. You know, when I was in that penitentiary, man, I went to get out and... You know, we, we got to do our deal and we got involved in Alcoholics Anonymous and just kept. There was bits and pieces of my sobriety where I seen these principles working. Um, little bitty things, man. Like we left a meeting one night. And back then I smoked. So I smoked my cigarette the last one I threw the cigarette pack down and parked a lot. Then I turned around and I picked it back up. And uh, I, I started to see change like that. I started to see, um, I'd go home to see my mom. And my mom never once told me, told me she was proud of me, not one time. Uh, but I was at home visiting her one day and she got up, go to the refrigerator, to get her a drink, she didn't move her pocketbook. My, I ain't seen my mama's pocketbook in 20 years. <laughs> you know, so I, I guess that's spiritual principles. You know, she's seen something in me that I guess I didn't see in myself. 
you know, I was looking up a couple things on the interweb and uh, talking about spiritual principles and stuff like that. And I don't know if this is GSO approved literature or not, um, but I thought it sounded pretty cool, so I'm gonna say it. Jay. It says spiritual principles are the path laid out for experience in our lives, free of unnecessary suffering. With strength and resilience to experience the pain and fear that must be walked through as a part of life. So I'm given a gift today. So on my own resources, um, this is what I can do. I'm a full-time convicted felon. I've been to prison twice. I've had seven DUIs. I've uh, been convicted of six of them. Uh, actually beat one of them, Steve. That was pretty miraculous. <laughs> So on my own resources, I do anything to practice whatever spiritually. I'm self-seeking, I'm full of fear, and I just want to do what the white wants to do. Somewhere along that line in 05, something told me that if I stayed out here, I was going to die, and I wound up in prison. And I don't know how many people in this room have been incarcerated. Um, but when you get sober with guys that's got life sentences, 400 years, two life sentences, 11 years plus five months. Um, and you see them act with love. That's a powerful thing. You know, you gotta kinda take notice to that. Um, I don't think I could have got sober any other way if I hadn't done that. Um, these guys showed me what it was to put others before myself. Um, you know, I had a gentleman that was working for me one time and we wake up and go to the shop and, and it's been cleaned out. And uh, that gentleman, he, he was at a halfway house and uh, I picked up the phone, I called the sheriff, I called my insurance company, then I called the place I buy all my equipment. And uh, by nine o'clock, everything that was stolen was replaced. And we went on about work. And uh, he come up to me probably two days later. He's like, man, I'm just curious, man. It's like, how in the world did that not just blow your mind and piss you off? I said, what are you going to do about it? You know, it's gone. Ain't nothing you can do about it, man. It's got to get up and go. And, uh, you know, that's what we did. And, you know, today is, is, it's been through the program of Alcoholics Anonymous that, that this stuff does not happen that way. You know, it, it the end of the world ain't the end of the world no more. Uh, some days it is. Some days it ain't. Uh, being spiritual is extremely difficult for me. And I ain't going to keep rambling and pulling and trying to find some things to talk about. Uh, I realize I went a little fast here. But um, doing this stuff daily is real easy. Simple, I don't say easy, it's simple. Um, for me to be spiritual, all I have to do is get up, ask God into my life, and continue to do the things that I've been taught to do inside Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, you know, coming up here, being in front of everybody, it's really hot right now. I don't like wearing suits, I'm fat. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's real uncomfortable. You know, I sit down before 
you know, I got up here to give his talk. And, you know, as much as I don't want to, I'm still worried about what y'all think about me. I'm still worried about what y'all going to say when I get done. I'm still worried about all this other stuff. And, and, and I don't need to be because I'm here because I've done what y'all told me to do. Um, and somewhere along these lines, man, I've learned how to practice principles. Whether I do it good or not on a daily basis is a different story. Uh, some days is great, some days is not. You know, one of the things I have been able to do, and uh, you know, I called, I called Meredith right before I got out of my body, and uh, I called her right before I, I was fixing to come up here. And I was like, I'm nervous, I don't know what I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm just gonna wing it. And she was like, well, you know, told me how the kids was doing, they was good. And she said, well, just talk about how you, how you practice them, you know, at home, how you practice them at work, how you practice them at church. Um, and just remember that it's practice, not perfection. And, and that right there, I was like, I really appreciate that because, you know, I, I need to be reminded of that because I think a lot of the times in Alcoholics Anonymous, we tend to, I tend to put people on pedestals. I tend to get a little too, trying to think of a really cool word to say. <laughs> but I get a little too meticulous and judgmental and, and, and I look at what people are doing when, when I need to look at what I'm doing um, you know it's real easy to do that because if I look at you and, and, and I can point out what you're not doing right it keeps the heat off me and I look a lot better than you do you know uh, <laughs> like at 60 alright as long as you we're good um, but I gotta remember that man it's you know, we read something talking about we're not a glum lot. And a lot of the times we get real serious about stuff we don't need to be real serious about. Um, you know, this is a practice program that's spiritual in nature. And, and, and that's just it. I got to get up every day and practice this stuff. Not perfect it, because when I perfect it, I'm right back to the person I was before I got here. And I think I know best, and I think I know what I'm doing, and I think I know better than you. And, and it's just, it's real hard. Um, through the years, I've been sober a little bit now, man. And, and I've seen people just get real tight, I guess is a good word, uh, about how this stuff is. And, 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 when, and when we do fall short, you know, I've been a little harsh before. Um, but that's, the, that's it, I don't need to be. What this is, this is a spiritual program that's practiced the best of my ability each day. Uh, you know, I hope when we get done here in a few seconds that I've done my job and I've talked on what spiritual principles look like everywhere. Uh, and they're going to look different everywhere for you than they do me. Because your situations every day is going to be different than mine are. They're going to look different tonight than they did yesterday. They're going to look different next year than they do today. Um, I, I'm, I'm steady on the journey uh, of change, and I should be able to practice these things a little bit different than what I did. I should be able to see where I messed up when I did, and I, I should be able to take that criticism uh, 
when I do fall short, not if I fall short, but when I do. Uh, I'm not perfect, nor will I ever be, and I'm glad I'm in a fellowship where I don't have to. Thanks.